Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm your host, Tatrunk, and this week joining me is Sebastian Stafford-Bloor. How are you doing, Seb? Hi, mate. You, uh, you sound quite game show host there. I know, it's kind of, I'm kind of mixing it up each week. Um, I'm trying not to go straight into the kind of typical gambit of should I call myself Jack or Tatrunk and then having a bit of a breakdown about the fact I've got an elephant pseudonym kind of thing. I'm just trying to be a bit cheerful, but, you know, yeah, thank, yeah. thanks for shitting on that already, so. No, no, nice, no problem, right. That's... No, I thought I just, you know, I'm dragging you back down to the rule of the roost level. So you can't be having me, uh, can't be having me enjoying myself, can you? No, 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 no. absolutely not. see you've caught Raj's, Raj's disease. <laughs> Speaking of which, he's actually at a Huddersfield Town match tonight, so priorities once again. Um obviously aren't aligned with ours. Uh, he's actually just tweeted out a picture now of the... looks a bit like the Reebok Stadium, Huddersfield Stadium. I don't know if you've... Yeah, it's kind of... It, it's sort of that... It, it, it's all bleak and northern. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's a bit of like one of those pop-up stadiums, isn't it? Like, you know, you can have this one or this one or this one. Um, yeah, they look like they're made out of a mould. Yeah. 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 A bit like the Emirates is to Benfica Stadium. Um, yeah, talking of which, there's something um, I um, I've got the the European Goal Show on BT Sport going on in the background, and um, there's something going on in the the Bayern Munich end of the, uh, the Emirates at the moment. I'm not quite sure what. It's a, it's a, bit of a... ticket protest planned. Uh, maybe that then. Um, what's what, what's actually happening, Seb? Are you, you Seb- Sebastian Stafford Blow on the scene? What's yeah? Well. <laughs> Well, I don't it's on my TV and I've got my TV on mute, so I'm not sure I'm going to do a great job of this. But they, they um, I don't know, it looked a little bit like someone was, was pulling a seat out of its soccer. I don't know. Getting a bit... Obviously, all, all the Arsenal fans are sort of sitting silently with their hands in their pockets, sort of like a, a school assembly. But in the away end, it was, it's not quite kicking off, but it, there's something happening. <laughs> Trying to hide the fact they've snuck Waitrose sandwiches into the ground. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Like uh, they've got their, their their flasks full of latte and cappuccino. And, and it's like they're like redefining being naughty at the football, aren't they? The Arsenal, yeah, yeah. the Arsenal contingent, sneaking in illegal outside food. <laughs> That's it, you know. Um, fucking wankers. Um, Roma are losing as well, which obviously, given that I'm probably more of a Roma fan than I am a Spurs fan nowadays, is. Uh, Making me want to not even bother record wow. this, mate. <laughs> mate, they're in the Champions League. I'm, I'm going to be a glory supporter for a bit now. You know, like I'm. Uh, yeah. You know, they've got. Uh, well, they've got a questionable goalkeeper. Um, I, that's not actually true. I don't support Roman more than I do Spurs. I just want to clear that up. Um, although I, too late now, mate. Um, you said no, it. I know. I have someone like the Twitter people telling you um, the. Uh, 
Yeah, no, there'll be there will be lectures ahead for you. I'm afraid. Yeah. Oh, it's a fucking penalty as well. Yeah. Chicharito. I didn't know he played for Leverkusen. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good start. To this it is a good start. It is a good start. How have you been this week, mate? Yeah, I've been okay, mate. I um, as you as you texted me uh, earlier on today when you just said simply, I'm not sure I like football or something like that. <laughs> I've had a bit of I, I've had that kind of week really because I um, I don't know. I wasn't terribly enthused by anything that went on over the weekend. Even our game, because I, I, it just it felt a little bit like our game somehow wasn't really about us because of all the sort of the Jurgen Klopp stuff. It felt as if it was that classic Sky thing. I know the game was on BT Sport, but it was that classic Sky thing of ignoring the actual football game and focusing on a storyline. And it just, it annoyed me to the point where I almost, I, I just kind of disengaged with the match. Um, so I've had a little bit of a, yeah, bit of a, a disenchanted week. I was uh, I was so disengaged from the match. I was actually uh, in Cardiff, overseeing a rugby match. Um, God, we, you and I have switched places, haven't we, really? Yeah, we have. Um, which is, uh, you know, I don't I don't really know who comes off worse out of that one, Seb, but... <laughs> I don't think either of us come off worse. Either way, we're both, we're both <laughs> old fuckers, so, you know, it's kind of... Uh, we just kind of have that resigned side, don't we? Where it's like, yeah, well, you know... It's funny, mate, because I, I, I don't know. I just, it, you know, Liverpool Spurs is a big game, and ordinarily, I, I'm, I'm always up for. I love beating Liverpool. Yeah, it's brilliant. I, I, I don't think I, with, with the exception of Arsenal and, you know, maybe Chelsea, I don't think I enjoy inflicting defeat on any other fan base more than theirs. And yet, I just, I don't know. I watched it in a, almost a, a passive way, and um, yeah, it's a shame. I, I just, I'm, I'm terribly bored of all the the bluster around football, all the the, the you know, the, ooh, what did Jose Mourinho say this week? And the kind of, what can we be outraged about? And which major club is in crisis? I just, it's going a little bit, I, I, I know I sound like a, a, a tedious against modern football type when I say this, but it's just gone, there's just a little bit too much of that or it's just cumulatively taken its toll on me. Um, I just, I wish it would just be a little bit more about the actual game. Yeah, it it is. No, it's 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 just it's tiresome, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, I, like, I, you know, I was saying this to you earlier. It's it's like all the hyperbole and everything seems to be more important than the actual game itself. That it's almost like you know, we've spoken before at length about like agendas and all this kind of stuff. But it, it's true in the respect that like you can watch a game and you can see a player have a really good performance. But if that's been preceded by whatever, a wave of fairly poor performances, it's almost like, you know, that, that, that just doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You can't, you can't base anything on merit anymore. It just seems that everything has to fit into this wider story arc, which everything has to be contextualized. Yeah, it, exactly. That's it. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's just really oh, sorry. Boring. I mean, there's a sort of, I, I, not a new point, I know, but I mean, it's just, after every game now, and I mean every game, not just ours, there's this sort of, I mean, obviously, you know, content is now shaped into sort of articles which are about, you know, which are five things we learned about this or that. <laughs> and I, You love those, don't you, sir? Yeah, I really enjoy those, mate. But I mean, I, I mean, the wider point is, ooh, well, I mean, it is good. Um, the wider point is that 
I think that that's a sort of a symptom of the way football is viewed in the term, in, in the sense that you can't enjoy it. You can't, you know, sort of, yeah, we beat you. You can't get back to that kind of playground stuff where you just linger on the victory or, you know, you, you, you talk about it with your friends. It's like there's this compulsion whereby your, your, your kind of cumulative football IQ has to have been enhanced every 90 minutes by what you've seen. And you have to draw some definitive conclusions from every little piece of action. And it's just... I, I I think it's just tiring. You said it earlier. It's, it's just, um, it gets to you. And, and also kind of um, as someone who writes about the game for work, I I, I don't know, you, you, you feel like you, you, you can't, um, you can't sort of step back and kind of appreciate, you know, the, the, the subtler bits of the game and the kind of, oh, wasn't that a great goal or, you know, um, you know what, what a great clearance or whatever, or good save. It has to be kind of, well, I saw this and this means that. And it's just, it's all so formulaic that, um, God, this is going to, I can't believe anyone's still listening to this, even five minutes in. I think they will be, mate. I think everyone shares our, <laughs> shares our pain and my ego doesn't allow me to think otherwise either. So, you know, that's, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Um, but in terms of like, so five things you learned from that game, so <laughs> no, but don't, don't. <laughs> What would you say was kind of one of the, the main things? I mean, from what I've gathered, because I haven't watched highlights, uh, I've read a few match reports. Um, mm. I've been exceptionally busy. Just I, I really do feel the need to... I know I've kind of said I don't really like Spurs anymore, but I do. They hold a very... You, you have been unusually uh, detained. I have. I th- your, your work commitment. I think as I, as I said to you earlier in a in a WhatsApp message, that I, I feel like I'm losing my mind a bit at the moment. I'm, it's, it's yeah, n- you weren't happy earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't particularly unhappy. I, I was just ge- genuine in a state of like, what the hell? Where, where am I? I haven't slept much at all this month. And, you know, yeah. I haven't had a day off in a long time. But, you know, there you go. Poor me. Um, <clears throat> but I've read that we kind of, Liverpool kind of came out and they really went for us, played this really high intensity game. Obviously couldn't sustain that because they don't have a squad capable of doing so. Um and we we essentially just weathered the storm. We played it very smartly. We defended well. The kind of fears that Dyer was missing from the team, um, it didn't really come to pass. Dembele deputised very well. It sounds quite weird to say that Dembele deputised for Eric Dyer, but it's kind of the way it is now, isn't it? Oh, I, mean, I, I was fully ready to absolutely hammer Dembele because I just, you know, I, we've seen it so many times before, but he was excellent. He was really, really good. Um which I, I conclude means absolutely nothing because, you know, he's one of those players that he, he doesn't, I mean, he, he just, he doesn't because he, he's one of those players that his sort of each performance doesn't really relate to the next one or the previous one. Um, he can be anything anytime he steps on the pitch, but he was, um, you know, to be fair, we, we give him quite a lot of grief on this pod and he was, um, he was very, very good. And uh, yeah, he was, yeah, I, I, I would say probably the best player on the pitch Saturday. <laughs> Can't believe I've said that. <laughs> I might edit that bit out, mate. Um, uh, what about like a traitor to my own beliefs? <laughs> Goodness, Harry Kane continuing to continuing to struggle. Um, do you buy into the idea that he's tired? That it's a hangover from last season? That he's trying too hard? That the opposition have worked him out? I mean, there seems to be quite a few different theories being thrown around. Um, I mean, I would I'd maybe say it's a bit of all of them. I was going to say that, mate. Yeah, that's completely what I think. I, I just, um, 
each individual issue is kind of afflicting a different part of his game. So he's thinking a little bit too much when he when he tries to finish. Um, he does look a little bit knackered. Um, so you know his his kind of his work between the halfway line and the penalty box isn't quite what it was. And I think there's a, there's quite obviously a confidence problem there as well. Um, I think yeah. we've we've said it before. I think again, not to get all levy out, but the club have to be held accountable for that. You know, it, it is it's, we said it at the start of the season. It is absolutely criminal for the club to have gone into the season because Harry Kane was going to have a lot of fucking you know there are going to be a lot of eyes on him and how he performed this year as it was anyway. Um, but the fact we've gone into the season relying purely on him, adding that additional weight onto his shoulders, is it's pretty appalling. It is appalling, and it still irritates me. Um, yeah, it's, the thing is, is that it irritates me in a way, but then I'm also kind of secretly glad that we didn't throw money at someone that we didn't necessarily need. I mean, I, I think the nightmare scenario was that having... Uh, we, obviously, we were very keen on Barahino, but... Um, the club rather than you and I. Um, but I was quite keen on Barry. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think we were all keen on him, just not for the kind of money mentioned. Um, I mean, it's sort of the, the 20, 25 million pounds is, yeah, a bit too much. But I, what I didn't want us to do is, for, is to buy another sort of squad full of stopgap, spend 10 million on, on I don't know, uh, well, he's just turned up in front of me, Javier Hernandez, for example. Like just a player that kind of has no long term future, but mm. is there to to, to fill a fill a, a temporary void. Um, and yeah, I, I understand the problems with it, and I you know I, I can't. I'm not gonna. I, I, given that I've said that, I can't really complain about the Kane situation. But I do think that you know when when everyone's fit and when Son is fit, for example, I think we um I think we'll it'll all look a little bit smarter because he, he he's quite a proficient false nine. He's exceptional, um, isn't he? Yeah, he's a great player, and um, I, I, I'm, I'm growing to like Clinton and Jay more and more. Um, even though I know he's not really a, a centre forward. Um, so that's a bit of a controversial opinion nowadays. I yeah, I the thing is, mate, is I, I just don't. I think it, it's about my my general attitude towards Tottenham at the moment. I'm kind of enjoying that. You know, I'm enjoying the things that are going well, and I'm not that bothered about the things which aren't. So I, I quite like that. You know, Delhi Ali is getting some game time and has played for England and. Is playing really, really well. Um, I like to sort of Eric Lamella's mini renaissance and little things like that. I just, I'm not sort of as down on the negatives as I, as I used to be. Well, you wouldn't really uh, take that from the start of this podcast, mate. Um, I, well, I'm down on football. I, I, I tell you, no, I freely admit to that. I just, I, I the game is, is, is eating itself and I, I don't really like it. But um, no, in terms of Spurs, I'm kind of, I was saying to a, a, a fellow Spurs sporting friend today that um, it's kind of, yeah, I'm as laissez-faire as I've ever been about the team and I'm enjoying it as a result. Um, you know, it's just, um, you appreciate the high points and you kind of gloss over the bad things. Fucking another bad thing. Roma have just gone 2-0 down. Um, yeah, I, I didn't want to mention it just to, in, case, to, in case it dented your mood too much. <laughs> you, being, being the diehard that you are. Exactly, mate. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm in the curve of and whatever they're called. <laughs> you, you've got to learn what it, what it is. <laughs> <laughs> this has got to at least be superficially convincing. For, for the loopy. There you go. There you go. Um, 
let's talk to Michael Dunn. He's we've actually got uh, an opposition fan on this week, um, so we will rule the roost. Hey, see the name is it is clever. Um, it's clever what you did there. Hey, like that. Yeah. We'll rule the roost over our upcoming fixture against AFC Bournemouth. Hello, Michael Dunn. Welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. Uh, how's, well, this is Michael Dunn of the All Departments podcast. Um, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad at all. So I think probably the most the most pertinent question, first of all, is how, how are you enjoying the Premier League so far? <laughs> well, it's fair to say it's had its ups and downs. We've had some, some good results. We won away at West Ham. That was our first win in the top tier. Um, we won at home to Sunderland, which was really a must-win. And then we've had some others that have been a bit disappointing. Um, we drew recently at home to Watford, missed a penalty late in the game. Um, and we've had horrendous luck with injuries. It's been quite well publicised, which has really ravished ravaged our our squad. Uh, we lost, just to list a few, uh, our player of the season from last year, Harry Arter, although he may be on his way back soon. The captain, Tommy Elphick. Uh, our top scorer, Callum Wilson, who people probably have heard of, um, and also our two biggest summer signings, Max Grado and, and, and Tyrone Mings, and uh, three of those have gone out with ACLs, and they'll be pretty much out for the rest of the season. And yeah, so it's uh, it's been it's been a bit of a roller coaster so far. Do you think um, with the Wilson ones really? I mean, it's terribly depressing because I think Callum Wilson is someone that probably belonged in the Premier League and could have really made a name for himself. But is there is there a case of saying that like if you um if you weren't to survive this season, um, him being injured, almost, I mean, it's, it's obviously kind of glass half full thinking, but he's obviously not going to attract a lot of interest in the summer if he spends the season sitting on the sidelines. So I suppose in a way, you're guaranteed to keep him for at least one more year, whether you stay up or not. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm giving you the positive. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's been, um, that's been muted amongst the fans. And if we were to go down, we'd, possibly you know still have a really strong squad and wouldn't lose some of those players that are injured um but yeah we want to stay in the division uh we yeah. may not stay in it forever but it'd be nice to you know at least survive another year the money gets much bigger next year as well which for a club like ours is huge and um also i mean callum wilson and the other two that have got the acl injuries that's an injury that it can it can crucify your pace and, and his yeah. game is isn't just about pace, but it's a large part of his game. And, and so when he comes back, he hopefully will be the same player, maybe even better when he gets back into his groove in, in, in the Premier League. But um, you just don't know. You've seen so many players over the years get that injury and, and they, they retain their skill, but they don't retain their pace. And that, that makes all the difference. No, that will take six months maybe to find whatever rhythm they had before the injury anyway. So you've got that kind of you've got to factor that into the recovery time. So it's just, uh, yeah, well, usually healthy. But the thing about that, though, is that even with those players missing, I mean, I, I've seen Bournemouth, um, I've seen Bournemouth cross 90 minutes twice this season. And um, there's no reason really to think that you won't stay up. I mean, you, you kind of, I admit that might be a product of sort of how bad some of the teams are at the bottom of the division are. Um, but you're, you know, you're more than you're not a, um, you're not a like a, a derby or a Reading from a couple of seasons ago. You're a competitive side at this level. Yeah, we've got a good team. Uh, we've got a brilliant manager, and yeah. he's our our probably biggest strength. Although there are others, and when we, 
and we only got into the championship two seasons ago and it was well for us it was like we were starry eyed then and um he after a bit of a patchy start turned it around and everyone knows we won it last year but even the season before that um in the second half of the season we played really well and that was where we really found our feet and then kicked on to win to win that division last year so with him at the helm there's optimism that he'll find a way to make it work in this division despite the, the depleted squads uh, that said our opening run of fixtures uh, before the international break that just finished was largely against teams that you'd look at and think well we need to be picking up points against those teams and we did win a couple of games and and we had a couple of draws but we really were should have been looking and I'm sure we were but we didn't quite make it to, to get into double figures uh, we're stuck on eight points at the moment there's a long way to go we've got a tougher run of fixtures now uh it was no tougher than than last weekend against city when it was yeah. <laughs> quite a quite a clear, yeah. uh, chasm between between the two the two sets of players but yeah i mean we're so far in in some of the games i wouldn't call them winnable games but but games where we might have been looking to pick up a bit more we haven't we haven't done that and and like i say there is a long way to go we've got a really tough run in uh, we're going to a lot of big clubs uh, at the end of the season. We finish at Man United. I'm hoping they'll have they'll have won the league and be in the uh, be in the Champions League final by then, so they might rest a few players that day. But yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's just a case of of wait and see. We're sort of a bit in the doldrums at the moment. Um, obviously, we want to change that on on, Saturday, on Sunday against yourselves. But um, yeah, you're <laughs> you're probably playing us at quite a good time. So uh, for for anyone um, that you know. Dare I say it? Maybe doesn't know so much about Bournemouth Spurs fans in particular. Um, which of your players should we be really looking out for um, come the weekend? I mean, who's been kind of one of your more standout performers? Should we say? Um, well, one player you will have heard of uh, is Sylvain Distan, who's come into the team. He's thirty-seven. He's only apparently eighteen days older than our manager, or younger, I should say, than our manager. He's come into the team for our captain Tommy Elphick and played brilliant. I've been really, really impressed with him. Um, elsewhere, the players that maybe not so many people have heard of Matt Ritchie. I, I really like Matt Ritchie as a player. I think yeah, he's, he's uh, got a bit of a profile. He scored. He scored a like a brilliant goal against against Sunderland, which obviously I thought would have, should have won goal of the month, but um, Ben Teke won it. And he scored a couple of goals for Scotland as well. He's an excellent player, and he's one we could struggle to hold on to, particularly if we do get do get relegated at the end of the season. Um, elsewhere, uh, I'd say probably a surprisingly uh, good player we've had this season is Dan Gosling. Uh, some, of your, some of your fans might remember who's Everton and Newcastle. He came to the club... The start of last season, I remember the first time I saw him warming up, I thought he's overweight and he didn't really do much last year. He played and he scored a lot in quite a few League Cup games, but he, he, he was hardly in the starting 11 in the championship. This year, he's fitter. He's been in the team more because Harry Art has been injured and, and, and he's impressed a lot more. The fans have, have been quite surprised by the turnaround in his form. So, yeah, there's a few there to look out for. But, yeah, like you said, Perhaps, perhaps they're not exactly household names as Spurs supporters. But I think one of the things that's been lauded um, with Bournemouth so far this season is the fact you've got, you've got an emphasis on kind of like a, a team game. And you actually seem to, from, from what I've read um, and from the couple of times I've seen you, you, you do tend to kind of go into games not just sitting back and defending, that you go to play football. Um, what can we expect, do you think, uh, when we play you on the weekend? Well, Eddie's all about, Eddie Howe is all about the passing game. And he, he's played in the past few seasons 
since he came back from Burnley. At times, this sort of sensational brand of football, short, rapid passing game, um, and and it's it's just been a joy to watch on on many many occasions. Uh, he's steadfastly, no matter what, stuck with that, even when the results haven't been going his way. So I, I'm not expecting much to change this season, even if. Uh, Results don't pick up, although it's possibly might. If we're going into the last few games and we just need a few points, change it a bit. So yeah, I mean for the for the Spurs fans who are, who are looking forward to this weekend's game, you, you can expect a game of football. We're a passing team. You won't see uh, much kind of agricultural long balls being hoofed up the pitch. We've had to change our style of play a little bit in the absence of of, of, of Callum Wilson. We've got Glenn Murray, the former Crystal Palace forward up front now. He's been leading the line. He's done really well. He's, he's made two starts and scored two goals. And he looks he looks a decent player to me. And, and so the crosses have been going to the box sooner than they were when we had Wilson in the team. With Wilson, there's more balls along the floor through the midfield um, to try, try and maximise his pace. But yeah, so, but overall, it's a, it, it, what we're trying to achieve, and it's, it is absolutely, it, it can be like a ballet at times when it works, it is, is this short, rapid-fire passing game that that has you know worked so well uh, over the past few years? It hasn't clicked so far in the Premier League. Uh, obviously, I, I really hope it does. Okay, okay. The, the other thing that gets said a lot, I mean, because when you came up, there was the kind of obviously you acquired that kind of fairy tale moniker, and then the other kind of the the opposing factions who talked about obviously you know the, the kind of the realities of your of your ownership and the, the fact that you, you, you're not without money as a club. I mean, it, it's, it's kind of a weird one. Where do you stand on people that are kind of... I mean, because obviously you've been a fan for a long time, so you can probably... I mean, you obviously remember, you know, when the club was pretty close to going out of business and when you were taking collections in the local community and stuff. Is it a little bit weird to have your kind of what has probably been for the majority of your sports life, a, you know, a pretty brutal struggle to have it kind of asterisked by... Um, sort of sneering Premier League cynics. <laughs> not really, no. Um, I thought you wouldn't care, would you? <laughs> you got well, not, not particularly. Uh, there's been, as there always is, within the media, uh, some misrepresentation of the facts. I think in the Championship last year, in terms of expenditure, transfers in, transfers out, all that kind of thing, we were, we were kind of mid-table in terms of how much money we spent. We have had, uh, we have got a, a well, Certainly a richer backer than we've ever had before, Maxim Demin, uh, a Russian petrochemicals. Um, well, reports are either he's a millionaire or a, bi- or a billionaire. I hope he is a billionaire. Um, <laughs> but that said, of um, you know, like you, like you mentioned, it's not there, like many times are, are you know are reflective of being owned by a billionaire, though, are they really? I mean, you're not no. like you said. You're 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 very middle of the pack, spending wise in the championship. You haven't thrown money at the Premier League, really. Um, no. No, it's been, um, I mean, it, it, even now we've got five or six players in the starting 11 regularly who were playing in League One. And, yeah. you know, a lot of those players came for, well, just um, six-figure sums. I don't think any of them actually, of, of those, I'm just looking at the lineup from, from Saturday's game against City, I don't think any of those players came for, came for over a million pounds. It was, it was all, like, I can remember when we paid... Um, we had a tribunal for Mark Pugh, our winger, uh, mm. who's scored in the Premier League this year and has been a stand-up for in all three divisions since he's been playing for us. And the, the, the tribunal 
decided we had to pay £110,000. And there were, like, audible gasps from Bournemouth fans when this was announced. <laughs> it seemed like such a huge amount of money. And, and obviously, he's still in the team, and he's uh, and he done really, really well. The fans love him. And so, yeah, we have spent on some players. But going back to what you said about does it bother me, it doesn't really bother me. We've, we, we've had a hard time. We've had yeah. some good fortune in finding an owner that can stabilise the club. The biggest bit of fortune, as I already mentioned, was that a manager who was appointed in the absence of any other option because the club was completely in the doldrums and he just happened to be um, the only person really with a pulse that was around that could take the team, was, was, was handed the job at 31 years of age and you know, has defied expectations in, in a way that nobody could have imagined. Um, and the other thing about the money is, of course, and this... I'll refer back again to when we went to City on Saturday. You know, I mean, <laughs> I don't feel like we're throwing money around because if you look at... <laughs> Not in that club, context, like, no. <laughs> exactly. We're, we're nowhere near that kind of league. And the reality is, if you want to get anywhere in football, you do have to spend some money, you know, yeah. even to do what we've done on what has been a pretty minor budget compared to most teams in the Premier League. You have to, I mean, it, you're not going to do it on just good coaching alone. There has to be some money behind behind a club, doesn't there? I think it, it, it's interesting, because I remember I listened to an interview with, your chairman is Jeff Mostyn, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I remember listening to an interview with him right at the beginning of the season, and he was saying that once you'd secured um, promotion, you had agents from all over the country knocking his door down, um, trying to pitch kind of over-the-hill Premier League players who wanted one last contract. I think one of the smartest. I know Phil Van Diftan's, you know, it, it, you know, on the sort of the older side of things, but he's still a useful player, and he, he's a logical signing for you. And one of the best things you did was not to, not to panic and say, right, yes, okay, Joe Barton, here's sixty grand a week, come and play for us. You didn't basically do a QPR, which I think is is kind of is hugely admirable, and it's also kind of it, it's a gesture of good faith to a lot of the players. I mean, okay, a lot of our fans probably won't have heard of most of your team or wouldn't have done until yeah, this season. But then again, you know, a lot of your progression seems to have relied on the chemistry and what um, Eddie Howe's done at the club. So it'd be kind of contrary to all of that to say, all right, well, let's plug in a few sort of free transfers or a few, you know, the odd Jose Bossinger here and a, a Joey Barton there and, you know, maybe even a Sean Wright Phillips somewhere, you know, that kind of approach, which is just, I've always found to be a complete nonsense for a newly promoted team, really. Yeah, and I hope that continues. It would be easy yeah. for us, particularly in the light of the injuries and depending on what's happening in terms of where we are in the league, to make that kind of, well, I consider it to be an error in January yeah. in a desperate attempt to stay in the league. Um, I hope we won't. I don't think we will. Eddie puts an awful lot of stake uh, by the team spirit and having the right people around the club. And although we've, we've, we have actually signed some players that people have heard of in recent years, I think they tend to be vetted quite carefully in terms of what they're going to bring, not just on the pitch, but in, in the dressing room as well. And there's the message that comes out of the dressing room all the time is it's a very harmonious place. Everybody's yeah. happy in there. And we don't really want that to change because, you know, it can only go wrong in the longer term, if you've got a few, like you said, QPR is a good example, a few bad eggs in there that are just, just, just collecting their money and aren't really that bothered or committed. So, yeah, we were linked with your old, uh, old striker, Berbatov, actually. I think that was probably the, um, the one that made everybody think, oh, I mean, he, he was a brilliant he, player in his day, but he just he, wouldn't have yeah. been the right signing because it would have been very much a case of big fish, 
small pond and you know just like you said getting a last contract to play in the premier league and like there was lots and lots there was a list as long as your arm in the summer of players yeah. been linked with one of the one yeah. of the fan sites was detailing every single one and it, you know we probably signed about two of those players i think the only thing i would say michael is as much as you you're very right about berbatov he would and i can guarantee he would still at least have provided you of at least three i would say at least three genuinely breathtaking moments I would say as a spectator he, he's that type yeah. of player where you just watch him and you think how the hell has he done that you know <laughs> like well, that- it, it, yeah I, I mean he was yeah I, I, I still miss him now actually <laughs> don't rake over old craze Jack yeah. um, <laughs> but also interesting that you kind of I mean I, is Tyrone Mings that was that eight million pounds was that your transfer record yeah, it was eight million. Um, well, that was you know it was one of those where you never really know what the fee is. But he only played in the in the, he played one game in the League Cup. I think up at Harley Pool, played the full game, and then he played. He managed to get on the pitch for the second because we had Charlie Bennett as our regular left back, keeping him out of the team. And yeah. um, he was at Spurs actually for a little while, I think. Yeah. And um, and uh, but then Charlie got injured. This is the game where we lost we lost Daniels, Gradle and Mings in the space of about 20 minutes. Oh, uh, Mings came on for the start of the second half, uh, was on for six minutes. He managed to get punched in the face by Robert Huth and then <laughs> managed to... Uh... <laughs> Is that and Robert then, Huth uh... of cock or no cock fame? Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, um, and then about two minutes later, unfortunately, did his... Well, he, he he did his ACL and his medial ligament, so he, he's out for nine to twelve months. So yeah, Jesus. we didn't we haven't so far had much return on that investment, unfortunately. Uh, the, yeah, but the thing about that investment is it, that's a kind of that's a really smart way of breaking a transfer record. That's not a kind of that is. I mean, Terry Mings is someone that people talked about playing for Arsenal not so long ago, and you know he's clearly. I mean, I, I saw him play when they were in the surface. I watched him play for that. Ipswich last year, and he's—I mean—he's he's a little bit raw, clearly, and there's you know some refinement needed. But he's someone who who clearly has, if all all is well at the end of his recovery, clearly has like a, a resale value. Even if you go down, it's a kind of—it's a really clever little. It's, it's like football prospecting in a way. Um, <laughs> so it's not like spending eight million pounds on like a, a twenty-nine-year-old and you know selling the line to the supporters about him having Premier League experience, which is a hugely overrated commodity anyway. Um, so uh, in know. general, I think Eddie thinks he can, he can, yeah, develop a player. So it, it, he would like to get somebody in with some signs of serious potential, and then he thinks he can, he can make them into a better player. Obviously, there's times when his hand has been forced, like the signing of Glenn Murray. He, he needed someone to, well, at the time, to come in as a a guarantee of a few goals backing up Callum Wilson. Wilson was injured soon after, but yeah, I mean, he, he generally looks yeah, to... Well, Glenn Murray's yeah. a good player though. And, you know, he's, he's already scored goals at the, in, in this league, but yeah. you know, he's, he's, a, he's one of those guys that he's not, um, he's not the kind of character you'd associate with. He's not someone that if things aren't going well in January or February, he's not going to tune out of, um, of being there. Basically, he's not going to kind of go, well, fuck it. I can move on again next year. He's not that type of personality from everything I've heard. No, I've been very impressed so far, actually. Yeah, good player. How's Lee Tomlin's waistline doing? <laughs> Lee Tomlin, yeah, he's a man who, who plays on the edge of his fitness, it's fair to say. He's got a lot. <laughs> he's, he's your Andy, he's, he's to you what Andy Reid was to us, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's got, he's got plenty of talent. He's, you know, yeah. excellent oh, yeah. on the ball. Good range of passing. He, can, well, he hasn't scored for us yet. Um, but he... 
he hasn't featured in every game. And the reason he hasn't featured is, is to do with his fitness and his pace. And I think we'd, we would see a lot more of him if Wilson was fit. But in the absence yeah. of Wilson, Eddie needs some pace up front. And uh, Murray isn't a slouch, but he's certainly not got searing pace. Eddie's been playing Josh King, who hasn't exactly um, won the fans over yet. We, we haven't been impressed. He came from Blackburn. Um, he's quick at the moment. That's about it. Go on. Is it, he, um, did he start at Man United, Josh King? Yeah, he started at yeah, United. Blackburn. Okay, yeah. He went to Blackburn. He was... Um, I saw him play for Blackburn the first time they visited us when we got back in the championship. He was brilliant that day. He, he just tore us apart. He scored. And, uh, just, and then when we signed him, I thought, great. Bought him. Then I actually learned that he played something like 100 professional games and scored six goals, which didn't <laughs> sound too promising. And, uh, yeah, and having seen him play a few more times now, unfortunately, I can see why. So, yeah, he's been kind of t- keeping Tomlin out of the team on the strength of the fact that he has got some pace. But I would like to see a bit more of Tomlin, actually. And, uh, yeah, obviously, Tomlin's going to retire and be one of those Steve Bruce types who becomes a little bit more rotund in their middle age. But, um, yeah, I think he's got, he's got a lot of talent and, and I'd certainly he's, like to see a bit, a bit more of him. He's going to show up at one of those legends tournaments that, that happened during the summer. He looked look like he's got a, a, like a medicine ball under his shirt. He's going to be that <laughs> guy. Exactly. He's joking aside, he's a talented footballer, clearly. I think so. And he's lost a lot of weight, actually. I mean, I remember him, um, I remember an interview with him when, uh, when he was still at Middlesbrough. And uh, he lost. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Like something like a stone and a half. So imagine if Tottenham fans look at him on Sunday if he plays and then put a stone and a half on top of that. <laughs> yeah, I read uh, when he joined us, he... He, um, I don't know if it was an interview he did with us or someone, someone recycled on Twitter or something. And he, yeah, he described how he, he didn't exactly have a professional attitude when he was at Peterborough. And uh, he, may have, he may have overdone it in the takeaways and the nightclubs a bit too much. But I think he's probably, uh, probably sorted that out a bit now. <laughs> oh, dear. So how do you see the game going on the weekend, Michael? Um, it's going to be tough. We could do without playing a team as established. <laughs> I thought you were just saying, as it is a standard, oh, we could just do without playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could do with another week off. Um, no, uh, we could do with um, a home fixture against the team in the bottom half. Really, I mean, you've been doing well. I think you, have you only lost once this season, uh, and yeah. um, you've you've been getting good results. You beat City and. I mean, you drew with Liverpool, so you probably wanted to take all the points there. You don't really seem to concede. We, 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 we drew goals. with Jurgen Klopp 
actually remarkable. That was, uh, it wasn't Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, we weren't. We, and not that, we, we weren't even playing in that game. That That's true. Liverpool in, in, in our stadium with their fans and their managers. Nothing to do with that, really. <laughs> well, no, it was pretty much the Jurgen Klopp show as far as the media were concerned. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, it's, it's, it's going to be tough for us. I'd, I'd like to say that I'm confident we can we can win the game. I'm not confident. Um, I wouldn't if anyone's listening put any, um, put any money on the strength of what I'm saying. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm apprehensive about playing yourselves on uh, on Sunday, I think you've got a good squad. You've been doing well. You've got a, a brilliant manager, despite the fact you managed our friends up the road at Southampton. I wasn't an admirer of his then, even though he did really well yeah. there. Um, and um, yeah, so I mean, fingers crossed, we'll be able to pull off a surprise result. I mean, Tottenham do occasionally fall victim to a surprise result, don't they? And uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be a, it'll be at Dean Court on Sunday. It's the kind of game we we, we are a gift in the United side generally. So I'm sure Lee Tomlin was all and uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, having 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 trashed him on our pod, that's just the way of things. Yeah, um, can can we press you for a for a score prediction, so Michael? Yeah, I'm a bit superstitious about doing this. Um, uh, well, We're going to maybe do it anyway. Bad luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'll go for a I'll go I'll I'll go for a one all draw. But um, I've kind of got my fingers crossed behind my back as I'm saying that. <laughs> okay, more draw. Okay, like the sound of that. All right, then, Michael. Well, thanks so much for your time, mate. And uh, well, best of luck for the for the rest of the season. We'll probably speak to you later on in the year as well. Yeah, thanks. All right, thanks, Lord. Cheers. There you go. Thank you very much, Michael. Um, it'll be an interesting game this one, Seb. Like we, like we were saying before, we recorded this. We didn't really know what to talk about. Like n- neither of us really have an extensive knowledge of Bournemouth. When I say I don't really have an extensive knowledge, I have next to zero knowledge of uh, Bournemouth. Did you like the bit when I kind of said to Michael, for anyone listening that may uh, may not know much about Bournemouth, like the learned uh, the learned soul that I am? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, you're you're just you're educating oh, wow, people. Mate, I like it. You know, you know, I'm like the George Orwell of the podcasting world. You know. Um, I likened myself to Stuart Lee last year, last week. George Orwell this week. Yeah. Maybe a... It's a good role. Jesus next week. Um, Something to aim for. Exactly. Yeah. I think everyone can aim to be a little bit more like me, perhaps. Um, anyway, uh, let's talk. I, I, I know that your your new Twitter avatar is a uh, an elephant crudely photoshopped onto the top of a James Richardson. I'm glad someone's actually um, noticed that no one's actually mentioned this oh, mate, to me. First thing I noticed this morning, <laughs> like before I'd even done any work, I noticed that. I, I actually went to the trouble of finding a headline where he's talking about Roma as well. Um, <laughs> and do you, do, you, do you know what is ridiculous about that, though? That's the kind of thing where someone would say, fucking hell, you must have a lot of time on your hands. I really don't either. Like... No, no, I, I think, mate, the, the, given, given what I know about your, your general photoshopping skills and the quality <laughs> of that, I say you absolutely do not have a lot of time. <laughs> it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't, no, I'm not going to say any names. It, it wasn't up to not, the level of serious. other Photoshop celebrities, was it? There you go, there you go. You've done better yeah. work. Ah. But there's a charm. It, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I like it's kind of, it's crudeness has a, yeah, a nice quality to it. Well, thank you very much. Um, Let's uh, let's let's talk about this. We've just been talking off air about goalkeepers. This Neuer save, Manuel Neuer has pulled off a, a historic save against Arsenal, mm. and uh, 
we got us talking about about goalkeepers. Um, we were we one such. Uh, I don't really know why I'm talking about goalkeepers now, mate. Now we've <laughs> we've started recording. It, it, it did seem like a it did, didn't it? But it. still, yeah. basically, I just want to say Hugo Lloris. I've never seen a better goalkeeper for Spurs in my entire lifetime. Mm. There we go. Can I think? Oh, um, uh-oh. Is this is this is this a hashtag big opinion that's coming up now, Seb? No, I just I, I you know I can talk Hugo Lloris all day. I, I just um. It just, uh, it never stops being a privilege watching him. I mean, it's like this sort of, it's like, it's like, um, it's the football, he's like the football equivalent of a, like a warm blanket. I mean, you just know no matter how hard anybody else fucks up, then he's got one outstanding save a game in his locker. It's just, it, and it's, it's, a, it's almost a shame actually because he's so regularly excellent that his ability, that sort of gets lost. His sort of input is, um, becomes assumed over time because he's so, you know, regularly um, our best player. But he, um, yeah, he's comfortably the best Tottenham goalkeeper of my lifetime. And just, yeah, I, I think I think as and when, or if and when he leaves, um, I think that's the point at which some people will recognise just how lucky we were to I'm realised I'm pretty delighted that we've managed to salvage this goalkeeper segment. This goalkeeper chat. We were talking about Oliver We were talking about Oliver Kahn and he was yeah. just fucking brilliant. We were actually... Throwing a bit of shade the way of uh, David Seaman. Yeah, we were we were trashing him a little bit, weren't we? We um, well, that's the thing that what what we said for for people who well, one you or I, um, <laughs> it's lucky it's you. The, um. Yeah, <laughs> it's that you know in in the nineties, David Seaman got bracketed with you know the very best goalkeepers in Europe, and and more commonly he was referred to um, in the same category as Peter Schmeichel, which is an absolute travesty. Um, given what a player Schmeichel was, but I think it, it's such a. Um, it just it just seems as, as a bit of a a, a dearth of. But in the nice we, we used to have quite a a big list of um, like elite goalkeepers, and now it's sort of Neuer, Lloris, and then then the list gets a little bit. You know, De Gea is obviously an excellent goalkeeper, but you know, the list is a little bit sketchy from then on. I mean, you have younger guys like uh, Testagen who. Probably be the, the best in the world um, at some point in his career, but it's not it's not a um, it's not a densely populated list. Though. He looks like a bit of a liability every time I've seen him, though, mate. Like the the game I actually saw at the New Camp um, when Barca were playing some I don't know some Las Palmas or something they were called. I can't remember. As in the the, the, the team Vinny Sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They uh, he he looked really flappy. He looked really dodgy. He's um, he. I, I, I don't know. My own theory on that is that he he suffers a little bit with overconfidence. Um, so some of the decisions he um, there's a really fine line in goalkeeping. But I mean, confidence is obviously really important. But there's a fine line between confidence and overexposing yourself. And I think he's a little bit guilty of the latter sometimes. But what you look for with him and what what sort of um, he, he came to Barcelona from Munchen Gladbach and the thing that marked him out in those days was that he has this, um, it's an intangible, but he has a presence about him. He has just a huge conviction in the things that he does. And that's, for a goalkeeper that, that that's so young, that's quite rare. Um, and he looks a little bit unorthodox and awkward. I mean, he'll, he'll stand up to make saves. He uses his feet a little bit and he doesn't necessarily always go to ground. And, and that makes him look a little bit strange with his goalkeeping style. But he's... Um, 
no, he'll, he'll be great. Once he's um, once he's just ironed out a few of those wrinkles, he'll be um, he'll he'll absolutely be a top class. Player. We're still talking about goalkeepers. Let's go on to some. Uh, let's We've done well. We've milked that. <laughs> it is my fault. Let's get let's go on to some of these uh, some of these listener questions, shall we? Um, let's have a look and see what type of questions we had. Okay, um, so we've had friend of the show. As he's asked that we call him, absolute disgrace. No, he. No, I'm not having that, Jack. No, he's not a friend of the show in any way whatsoever. He's an enemy of the show. Shite he's ass a, associated with the show tenuously because he's been on it. Bastard. Yeah. Basically, he says, "At what point will you all just admit that Harry Kane isn't as good as you all thought he was?" Now, I, I, I'm kind of. I'm not just airing this awful human's opinion. Um, on here for his own validation. It was something I, I have kind of wanted to talk about in when does the patience of Harry Kane run out? I don't think it should, personally. But I just mean in terms of our well-known um, fan base that doesn't often have the the most leniency, shall we say, with struggling talent. Um, do you think it's going to start, do you think the rot will start to kick in soon? I don't think so because I think I think um, I think Ollie's Ollie's done our fan base a bit of a, a disservice there because he um, I don't think there were many people last season who thought that Harry Kane's form was you know last year was, was truly reflective of what he was going to be for the rest of his career. I think uh, he, he is a very good forward; he will score goals. But I think it was um, you know I, I think most people took it as a sort of well, this is a season in the sun; it's great and let's enjoy it. Um, I don't. I mean, there are Tottenham fans that you know naturally have exaggerated it out of proportion a little bit, but I, I don't. Um, I don't think there was an overreaction. I think people just enjoy what they saw, maybe. Or the, the, my proper answer is: we'll recognise that when you stop pretending Walcott's going to turn into the next. Hey, <laughs> there you go. You got in there, mate. <laughs> um, and he can't reply either. He can't like sarcastically retweet, and he's like he's not even going to fucking listen to it, is he? Either the pricks. I don't know why I've. No, no, it doesn't matter, mate. We win, we win that one. Okay, we've had one from Jack um, at Debaser ninety two, who's uh, his <laughs> his actual Twitter handle at the moment is James McLean fan. Um, <laughs> but uh, there we go. Uh, <laughs> he says, with everyone fit, what is our best midfield pairing? I'm going for Nabil Dyer with Ali further forward or on the bench. Um, who, who, who do you, I, we kind of touched on this before? The fact that it's quite nice to be able to rotate. We get asked this every week, don't we? Yeah, I think I, I, yeah, I don't. I, I almost don't want to give an answer because I don't want to do anyone a disservice. I just think we've got our options. We're we'll using them at different times and against. I want Ryan Mason in there, mate. I want Mason there. I love him. I, lo- I fucking love Ryan Mason, I'm going to be honest, I really do. Yeah, I love the way he plays. I um, Yeah, I don't, I, I think that, uh, technically I think our best midfield is probably, um, it's probably, uh, not that they've played together yet, but it, it will prove to be Bentaleb, Ali and Eriksen a little bit further forward. But um, I, I'll never, never begrudge Ryan Mason a, um, a place in the team. Is Bentaleb, is he, is he still injured though? Or is he kind of... Yeah, I, I, as I understand, he's not yet fit. Um, to kind of, I was getting a bit worried about it the other day, kind of thinking, like, has he fallen out with someone behind the scenes? Or 
just it's all been a bit a bit quiet, you know, a bit too quiet, shall we say? Yeah, but I haven't seen him on on the bench or anything, so I, I, I'm going to say that he. Um... Oh, Roma three two, Pjanic. Fucking yes, that doesn't surprise me. That boy is. No, I, mean, I was just like, that. That looked like a penalty almost. That was ridiculous. He's very talented. Um, this is like a sort of this is the podcast version of the BT Sport European Goal Show without any of the action and without it being live. So it's probably not great for our, our listeners. If uh, I, do you know what would have been a fucking life, mate? Being James Richardson in the nineties, yeah, Gazette. mate. Just you know, we always used to joke about that. I mean, my mates, how you just see him like he'd just be sat there outside, like the San Siro, with the big broadsheet kind of newspaper, an espresso on the table in front of him. Probably, you know, he'd wrap that up in one take, and and the huge dessert yeah. as well, like a, a an ice cream sundae or something. He, he, <laughs> he'd wrap that up one take, and then just fuck off into Rome for the day or something. You know, just. Yeah, oh, what a life! I used to love. I loved. I loved football. Italian. I don't. I, I don't think anyone really who grew up through the nineties who liked football didn't not watch football yeah. Italia. Everyone watched it, you know, because it was. It was. It was kind of like the only football you really got because the Premier League wasn't as big then and it wasn't as widely accessible. Wow. We didn't have Sky. No, not me. So, like, all we had was. Um, Football Italia, the the only part, any type of like football, football Italia, and then um, like Division One football, which would be on Sunday afternoon. It'd be like a game from Division One with Jimmy Greaves presenting and Ian St John, and um, and it was always someone tossed like Charlton against Wolves or someone like yeah. Um, so it was kind of meager back then. Yeah. You know what we haven't talked about, Tim Sherwood. Oh, Tim Sherwood. Let's do that. Let's, let's finish this on a really, real feel-good moment. How uh, how how interesting how interesting is it to see um, a lot of Villa fans talking about this sudden toxic atmosphere that's there's appeared sudden leaks yeah. leaks to talk sport. Le- oh, I, I can't believe that, mate. Leaks to journalists. undermining the club and the the backroom staff. Really, all of a sudden, everything is everybody else's fault except his. What a shocker. I think the only person that revels in this more than us is probably bankrupt Spurs. Like <laughs> this must be this must be such catharsis. This is him. this is wank this... bank for him, mate. This is just <laughs> just straight up. Like you can just see, I just see him like bubbling with delight every time something like an, a, an anti Tim Sherwood headline comes comes out. The thing is, is that that's really fair enough, though. Because Sherwood, yeah, it's just, this is just going to be such a wonderful couple of weeks because the fixture list basically says that he can't avoid the sack, really. And also, in two weeks' time, Villa come to White Hart Lane. <laughs> we, could, we could be the team to put the nails in the coffin. How, how delicious would that be? How brilliant. <laughs> how fucking amazing would that be? Even my mum hates Tim Sherwood. She doesn't know why. <laughs> like, I, I wrote so many articles about him at that time that she, because she, I mean, she reads bits of my work and, and sort of corrects some of my sentences and gives me advice and stuff. And um, and through that, she just acquired a hatred for him and a love for Andre Villas-Burse as well. He has a nice face, kind eyes, apparently, Andre Villas-Burse. It's, it's one of those things like, 
Charlotte always said to me she she always had that vibe about Tim Sherwood that he was like the sort of man like from a female perspective he's the sort of man that would in intimate situations would make you do things that you you're not really comfortable with and you don't really want to do he's just a really unpleasant kind of horrible looking man um it's it, it it is you know what she's right it's there's a physical thing about Tim show which, which I dislike I hate his face he's just he's a fucking bully isn't he that that's it like all this stuff about him I mean I know we kind of we like to lay into red nap and say this and that and things, but I I, I honestly I'm I'm being genuine. I don't think it's fair to lump red nap in with someone like Sherwood. No, they're not they're not the same manager at all. Like red nap achieved something at Tottenham. Red nap like red nap had his shortcomings, but red nap got us playing a style of football which was I I, I would say the most attractive of my lifetime, um, of my sort of conscious lifetime anyway. Um, I mean, we were just we at times we were the best team in the country to watch. Yeah. That's not an exaggeration. We we were, um, and you know you can't like comparing Tim Sherwood's fucking win percentage with with Redknapp's very real qualifying for the Champions League is just ridiculous. They're, they're very different. He's uh, but he's just Tim Sherwood is just he's an abysmal human. Like he he he. he, he there's just nothing endearing about him at all. There really isn't. And it's, it's, it's the fact when he comes in and he gets these immediate results from struggling teams that you kind of think, okay, fair enough. You know, he's obviously gone in and he's done all those, you know, the old cliches, the rough, ruffled feathers and, you know, whatever. Rattle. Cages. <laughs> yeah. Rattle cages. Yeah. Rattle cages, ruffled feathers. That other very, very important long-term managerial ability. But, it's just bullying. It's not even motivation. You can see it, you know, after after Villa lost the FA Cup final, after that team lost the cup final, it wasn't the lads went out there, they did That's what a man manager would do. A man manager, a man who is who is a strong man manager would say, you know, whatever, it's a cup final, it's a showpiece, they're a strong side. He's the lads, yeah, the fucking, I'm going to go into the change room. There's a few lads out here that have shown me when it comes down to it, blah, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? Just straight away throwing shade onto the team, completely onto the team, deflecting it away from himself. And who does that? Who does that on a fucking... It's a cup final, for fuck's sake. Someone's going to lose. It's not about these lads have shown you at this, this, this. What, the, those lads have shown you what? That they're not as good a team as Arsenal. Fucking wow. Genius, mate. You know? Uh, like... I could go on about yeah, him for so is, long. It's like it, all of this stuff is basically a different way of saying no. It's not my fault. Like Tim Show, whenever he's, whenever a result goes against him in like a you know in a really significant way, like, so like a cup final or a drubbing or whatever, it's always he always pins it on kind of intangible qualities that are missing in his players. It's always about gut or heart or passion or they're not winners or it's a confidence problem. It's not. You know, for example, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Villa lost 3 2 at Leicester, having been two up. And it was a kind of that's a situation in which, as a manager, you can't, you can't, you can't, um, you can't excuse yourself because it, it's, it's borderline. I mean, look, Leicester have developed a reputation for, you know, for comebacks and, you know, for a sort of a certain attitude and, and for being a good footballing team. We know that. But at the, at the same time, they are still Leicester City, and at two 0 up, you should show some aptitude in being able to 
uh, attitude for, for shutting a game off and saying, okay, well, we if they're going to come back, they're going to have to work bloody hard to do it. Unless they didn't have to. They just Villa were hopelessly naive. And Gary Neville actually did a very good piece on um, on the way uh, Villa's centre midfield was playing during that game and their kind of positioning and, and showed only real um, approach to games being sort of keep playing the same way. Um, I mean, I, I, again, I mentioned bankrupt Spurs because one of uh, he when Shower took over at Tottenham, he said that basically his his um, his tactical style is is similar to that thing in Championship Manager when you <laughs> first start and you go into all your, all the settings for how you want your team to play and everything is just everything is just on default. Yeah. <laughs> And that is the way Sherwood plays. And it's true, though, because he doesn't know... He, he only has one way of playing. He doesn't... <laughs> that was an excellent tweet. Well done, Bank. Oh, I do like him. He's a, he's, a, he's a hashtag decent bloke. He's a force for good in our fan base. He's not a, he's not a proper football man, though. I've got, not, I'm not calling him out, but he's, you know, he's not a proper football man. He's a bit of a clipboard, this bankrupt Spurs, you know. <laughs> reads too many books probably you know probably doesn't read a tabloid that's it. Yeah. that's it doesn't doesn't rate women by their breast size yeah not a proper nah, football nah, not, at all. not at all sorry um, where do we go now where do we go from there sir we've just kind of waxed no we, we could just we could just I don't know we, it, uh, maybe maybe just a period of he, you know what he is bankrupt he's, I've just realised he's like he's I don't know which is the good half and which is the bad half, but he's the he's like the good part of the yin yang for Tim Sherwood's bad part. That's kind of because I, I hate to say this about bankrupt. If you do listen, I don't know if you do or not. You probably don't, wanker. Um, but if you do, every time I think of Tim Sherwood now, I just think of him. Yeah, I think of bankrupt. Yeah, yeah. He's he's become he's become yes. what he hates. You know, it's that curse. He is the Doctor Jekyll to Sherwood. <laughs> That's it. Um, I think we got a name for the pod there, <laughs> <laughs> Mister Sherwood. Doc, no, Doctor Sherwood. Mister <laughs> Bankrupt. I don't know. No, 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 no it's no, not no, working, yeah, is it? Yeah. It's just, it's <laughs> just, just like uh, fucking hell. We'll come up with that one when we're not recording. <laughs> like, that might be better forward. <laughs> I, you know what? It's just I. Ultimately, on a serious note, it's going to be a great moment when he goes because. It will be. Um, I was talking to the final third boys on their um, on their podcast last night about this, and um, and it, it's English football needing to grow up. It's teams like because Aston Villa is a, a large club, a very you know club with a lot of history. They shouldn't be appointing someone on the, on the basis that that manager has a newspaper column. There was there was no you know you, you, how how do you how do you translate six months of managerial experience. And winning one game in two to to managing um, two of the biggest clubs in the country within the space of a year—that's just a nonsense. Um, and it sets a good precedent. It will be a kind of right. Well, we're we're going to move away from this sort of being seduced by things which don't really exist, and we're actually going to make proper appointments. Um, and yeah, hopefully, and I, I don't, you know, look, I, I don't like Tim Sherwood as a person clearly, but. Um, what he needs to do next is, is sort of, you know, go and do things properly. Go and, um, you know, go to a, a Swindon town or a whoever, someone down there um, and learn his craft like everybody else has to. Um, and um, The rules, the rules don't apply to Tim Sherwood. 
that's the thing they don't do they and that's what's so annoying about it i mean i i'm not going to pretend that if i was offered a, a high a well-paid job for which i wasn't really qualified i'd probably take it too but you know fuck him so I mean, just get out he's a bastard never come back he is a bastard oh god i hated it i hated it when he was our manager so much suck the fun out of it mate it was it was just it ruined it it was nothing enjoyable about anything, even when we won. Even when we won at Old Trafford, I didn't enjoy it. Because it was sort of tempered with that kind of, yeah, but, you know, it's not going to be about our players or the fans. It's going to be about fucking shit. I'll be honest, I did still kind of enjoy winning at, at Old Trafford, though. Moyes. Mm, Moyes. <laughs> yeah, true. Kind of asterisk that, that game, I think. It was fun, but, you know, it was just, yeah. Could have been better. I preferred the Villas-Boas win. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely, definitely. That was uh, that's pretty immense. Um, right, should we uh, should we should we put an end to this one then? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you would like to listen to after this shit show this evening, um, which to be said most are, you can listen to previous episodes of Rule of Reese podcast on iTunes, or you can do so on Acast. I believe there's an app and a website and such. Um, you can also go to rtrpod.com where you'll find all of the websites laid out in beautiful fashion. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at rtr underscore pod. Um, send in your questions as well via the website or to the Twitter page. Uh, the Twitter page. Fucking hell, I'm turning into my dad. Although in Senate, my dad doesn't even know what Twitter is, so no. Not this quite is, there this yet. This is a new thing, isn't it? You, you're going to do the meltdown at the end of the pod to leave people with a kind of uneasy. Maybe thing. I am. Not quite like that. Maybe I am. A little twist. Like I had, I had this awful. I don't. I, I, I'll tell you one of my like meltdowns. I'd save this to the end. Yeah, that's all right. Um, yeah, I'll see that. I've, I've got a meltdown for you. The, you, you, go, you go first, mate. In, Innocent smoothies. They have this new. They have like this new <laughs> little range, and there's one which is called like energize one which is like concentrate and one which is like i don't know i I, I, let me think let me find them they're they're basically three different things it's like energy concentrate detox that's it energy concentrate detox detox. and when i'm faced with that dilemma i will I, I, i sometimes catch myself like you're a fucking weirdo you've just been standing in this aisle in the juice aisle at sainsbury's You've got to get to work, but you've just been standing there looking at the juice aisle, deliberating between the three, genuinely thinking, which one of these do I want? Do I want to have a detox? Do I want to be energised or do I want to be able to concentrate more? Now, in my heart of hearts, I know that a mere bottle of fruit juice, overpriced at that, isn't actually going to boast any of those benefits like none of those are tangible. They're, it's not going to happen. Do you, do you ever feel better for for, for having one of those? No, <laughs> not at all. The only the only thing I have is that sense of well being because I have that rudimentary kind of thought that oh I've got my five a day, even though really you're supposed to have seven a day apparently. Um, yeah, that's a new thing, isn't it? Yeah. But like I, I generally do, I'm a vegetarian, so I generally do. You know, in case you didn't know, like Ricky Gervais is an atheist, but. Uh, I, I, I generally do get my five. Ricky Gervais is what? Well, mate, a cunt. Um, no, but uh, yeah, I generally do get my five a day. However, I still kind of fixate on it. And yeah, those juices that, and I had that the other morning. I didn't know which one to choose. 
And so in the end, I didn't get any because I couldn't choose. And that, that's, an, that's an actual thing that happened. I really wanted that's one. That's quite weird. I that, know. That, so you, you, you walk me through that though. So you, I mean, you obviously, they're all, they're all together and they're all stocked together in mm-hmm. the same aisle. Did you not think, yeah, I don't want that. So I'm just not going to have anything. Or did you buy a replacement? Like a, did you buy like a green machine drink? No, I bought, I, I, yeah, I was going to buy that, but then I saw that, and I'm sorry, American listeners, but I saw that those are imported from America and I just, I never trust American health food products. I always just think they're full of sugar and stuff, which that's not. Yeah. Like, like vitamin water. Yeah. Like, it's not completely like British. Oh, we hate American bias stuff. Like a lot of American health food products are filled with crap. Like they are. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that aside, yeah, no, I, 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 I toyed with the idea then of just, maybe I should just go old school. Like, you know, all this new fandangled shit, like our parents, they'd get an orange juice and think it was fancy. Do you know what I mean? Maybe, maybe I'll just have an orange juice. Didn't even get that, mate. I just got a banana. My, what well, the thing is, my, my mum said something to me, something interesting to me the other day, in that like, it was easier for their generation because they weren't aware of all this kind of health stuff. We, 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 we're quite like, we're quite particular because we, every day you wake up and there's a new headline in the Daily Express about what's going to kill you. Like, so take too much, you know, vitamin C and you'll get AIDS or something. <laughs> um, and that, and as a result, like we, we're so aware of, of everything that goes into our bodies and how we're supposed to be, you know, um, whereas they just kind of et stuff. They didn't think about it. They just at normal. Well, it's true, it, it, it's true because there there are some things that will say have a glass of red wine a day and it's good. It was it was like yeah, for, yeah. fight off cancer. Stick a, stick a broccoli and you'll never. Yeah, exactly. Cancer. But then there are yeah. just the same amount of studies that will say drinking a glass of red wine every day will cause obesity, heart attacks, it will make you die. You know, but it's you're gonna die. Thing, like, it, you're gonna die. Yeah, it, That's it. You know, well, you're gonna die, and you just need to face it. But it, it, it create as a result. There's so much conflicting stuff that that you, you don't really you end up in the situation that you found yourself in with the juices, and that you think, well, maybe I just have nothing at all. There's a there's a there's a very interesting little uh, little a short film by Adam Curtis called Oh Dear, um, which is it was actually it was I think it was on Charlie Brooker's. Uh, whatever it is, like Newswipe, the one he does at the end of each year on, like, New Year's Eve. Um, but it was, yeah, it's like a five-minute documentary. And it was all essentially about, it. it's about the, the era in which we live now, whereby, like you're saying there, we're just fed so much contrasting information that we're just in a continual state of flux in pretty much all aspects of our life now that no one really has a fucking clue what's going on. So we just kind of have these existences where we just coast, you know, we just go through not having an opinion on anything. Too afraid to do Yeah. Anything. And it's, it's yeah. kind of, you know, can't say anything because you know, you'll be branded a something. Don't eat this. Cause it will kill you. It's, it's political correctness gone mad, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> it's health and safety gone mad. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, watch that, check that out. Cause we haven't spoken about TV. Watch, you can actually find it on YouTube as well. Adam Curtis, oh dear, just type that in, and uh, you'll find it. It's it's a it's a decent little watch. Five minutes. It's only about five minutes long. Um, and watch other things by Adam Curtis because he's pretty fucking brilliant. 
if you haven't done. Um, I um I I had a weird meltdown too in that um as regular listeners will know I, I invested in the PlayStation Four as part of like some kind of third goblin price. hunting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. anyway. So I I I I I was playing FIFA the other day and and um and there's a, a mode on it where you can kind of simulate a, a career as like a, a manager and um I found out that. I don't really enjoy the games very much uh, or transfers. All I seem to do when I use it is endlessly train my players. So you, you can you can you can make them play little skill games that will acquire attributes so that your younger players can grow and stuff. And so I was I was I was taking a little break from work, and for about an hour and a half, I was skipping games and simulating them just so that I could train players for matches that were never coming. It was fucking weird. So like I, I I I you know I found I scouted a little um you know a, a um little playmaker from Argentina and I was having him dribble around cones and stuff and and taking weird amounts of joy out of you know his 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 slowly climbing dribbling skill you know it was I don't know and I caught myself and just thought what the fuck this is just like this is some kind of psychosis it, it well at least you're not on ultimate team you're not on ultimate team yet are you. What's okay, okay, good, good. You're not playing FIFA. It's like a weird kind of. Uh... I don't really play FIFA. I just, I, I kind of, I said to Raj, Raj mocked me for this. I quite like the little training modes. You know, when you're shooting. You know, I haven't got FIFA game. 16, mate, so I don't know this, this training. It's a new feature. Okay, but it, it's a good feature, and you know, you, you can. Um, I don't know. It's, it's it's much more satisfying than the actual. Game. Really. Well. It, in, it, for, for most people, probably not. <laughs> but for me, I, I don't know. I just, I, I find it calming. I, you know, just. Um, Is it like uh, a, having a Tamagotchi? A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's like, oh, let, let's let's do um, let's do a four minute drill on chance creation. Yeah, I, I, I just, I don't know. I found it fun. Not fun, but just I don't know. Just I felt that my, because my I think it's because my main issue with with with. Computer games is that is the absence of any sort of personal progress that you're making while you do it. So maybe the sort of the training um, thing is a sort of is a way of justifying it. Like I'm I'm creating something. But yeah, I don't know. Um, so I think let's let's end this before I commit anything else to. Problems. Yeah, <laughs> I, di- I didn't really know how to respond to that one, Seb. To be honest, right? But I don't know. I just, I, 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 you know, I can't, I can't sort of walk out into the street and tell people about this stuff. So I thought, well, you know, this is this is the best option for that. Um, We've already done the outro, so fuck off and stop listening. in three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states learn more at uh1.com